Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm Michael Graywolf, artist, traveler, all-around geek, witch, and brother initiate of the Endlane Pass. And this is Matthew Sidney, musician, writer, uh, eternal student of um, the Mysteries of Life, and initiate uh, brother of the Unnamed Path. And you're listening to Walking the Unnamed Path. On this podcast, we discuss the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men and laid out by our late founder, Hyperion. We also touch on topics and ideas pertaining to queer pagan men in general. We're glad you've decided to join us today, and we hope you'll be part of the show, either by calling in at area code 347-308-8222, uh, shooting us an email at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at walking underscore the UP, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash walking the unnamed path. Now, Matthew, how have you been? It's been a little bit of a minute since we've chatted. Yeah, it has been a little while. I've been, uh, I've been very blessed, uh, very busy. Um, uh, I, I, don't know if we've mentioned. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned uh, that I uh, did have the privilege of performing with the San Diego Gay Men's Chorus, and we did ABBA's Greatest Hits, timing it with the release of Mamma Mia 2, and I had an incredible time, and it was a great opportunity for me to make lifelong friends and to push myself as a musician and to grow. It was tremendous and a whole lot of fun and um you know uh i, I think we're so having fun this summer we're having an avalanche you know share uh i think her <laughs> abba greatest hits album just came out and the lead single i heard it today gimme 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 uh is uh hot smoking so um you know, it's uh, amazing that she's 72 years old. Really? Wow. I mean, talk about role models. You know, I want to be putting out hot dance music when I'm 72 years old. I mean, it's just, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. She's um, inspiring. I understand. <laughs> well, so... I'm trying to formulate words. So are you gonna you're gonna keep work keep doing stuff with the he said San Diego Damon course, right? Yeah, uh, I I do. Um, yes, I will definitely uh, continue to work with them. Um, you know, as long as they'll have me. Uh, I think I, I I'm going to take some time off now. Uh, As our listeners know, I am in the middle of teaching a round of classes, uh, a round of apprenticeships Mm -hmm. in the unnamed path. So I I really want to have the bandwidth to really focus uh, my energies and my time on uh, doing my work. 
So I'm kind of going to be mm-hmm. focused on that for the next uh, half a year. But then I'll I'll try out and hopefully sing again with the chorus uh, next year, maybe in the spring. And I'm still involved. You know, I'm a supporter. You know, I'm 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 going to continue to be involved in a, a you know background capacity. Um, so it's you know part of my part of my extended family here, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So the corral here in Dallas is believed. I don't think it's called the Dallas Game of Course. I think it's called the Turtle Creek Corral. There may be a Dallas Game of Course. Gosh, I need to figure that out. But I love listening to their music. They actually did a they had a documentary movie well, movies aren't documentaries aren't movies. They had a documentary about them years ago when I was in college called The Power of Harmony. Amazing, amazing documentary. If you oh, wow. get a chance to find it, I definitely recommend it. Uh, the, I'm going to drop that director down. At the time, Power of Harmony. Yeah, the, Power of Harmony. The director at the time was uh, Tim, Dr. Timothy Seeley. He was also a professor at my university when it was when that movie, when that documentary came out. And I was so excited when they premiered it at one of the theaters. But anyways, uh, I'm trying to think. What else? Oh, you know, not much oh, on this end of the country. There's not much been going on. We finally got a break from our 115 degree heat the past few days. Pulled down so much. It's been in the 70s. That does not happen in August in Texas. That's so. It sounds so. It sounds like you've gone from one extreme to another. Yes, but it's been so nice, <laughs> and it was it was great this weekend, especially because um, what was it? There was uh, this weekend was the first weekend or the I guess the inaugural weekend for. Uh, the Dallas Otter Weekend. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the Texas Bear around it or TBRU, but it's for otters. But, you know, anyone can go, really, just focusing on otters. And if you are someone who happens to not know what I'm talking about, an otter tends to be a slightly thinner uh, queer man who is still hairy. Part of, it's part of the bear community thing. But, yeah. It's been a fun weekend. I did not go to the pool party that they had on Saturday because I was working and it was also raining. But from what I hear, they had a blast. But I also picked up some goodies. Yes. I've also picked up some goodies. I got this uh, tank top from one of my friends who uh, he and his husband sell. They design all these shirts and sell them and they did this particular one for a fundraiser and it's technically the most expensive shirt says a uh, now I can't remember but it says Our America in uh, rainbow letters or now I'm getting confused there's a big eagle I think the eagle's in rainbow but it says Our America on it hmm. very much now one of my favorite t-shirts well one of my favorite tie cuts very cool Yes, but you know, for you know, getting getting away from all that stuff, 
you know, our topic for today is actually uh, Stone and Stang, which is a lovely, not so lovely little getaway type thing, besides an otter weekend. <laughs> and Matthew, you're on the planning committee for Stone and Stang, right? I am on the planning committee for this Stone and Stang, Stone and Stang 2018. So I'm very excited. It's it's a huge honor, also a big responsibility, but fortunately um, I get to work with uh, some of our amazing brothers whom I love very much and who are much more skilled and adept in this sort of thing than I am. Uh, so uh, Stone and Stang is a spiritual gathering for men who love men, and it's biennial every two years, every other year. So the last Stone and Stang was in 2016 and the theme in 2016 was guardians of the gates and that revolved around some uh, material that had come out about men who love men functioning as guardians of the gates between the mundane and the spiritual and this is a role that they have played do play in many different spiritual traditions from all over the world in many different eras of history. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I, that was actually my first stone and staying. And in many ways that was my first uh, pagan retreat. Uh, I have been, my spiritual path has been very solitary most of my life. And uh, when I have been involved in groups, it was usually with, is usually Buddhism, Dharma centers, um, yoga centers, um, a lot of my, especially my twenties, I was very involved in uh, Eastern spiritual systems. So I really wasn't rubbing shoulders that much with the pagan community per se. Um, I mean, I was pagan. That was my is really uh, my philosophy. But uh, socially, most of my interactions with was with the Eastern spirituality folks. So until recently. So uh, Stone and Stang was, uh, 2016 was very exciting for me um, to experience a retreat from a more earth-centered modality. And uh, it, was, it was wonderful. It was uh, an intimate group, and I, I made lifelong friends. It was incredible. Uh, the fellowship was incredible and and really feeling like we're nurturing each other and helping us uh, helping each other to grow uh one of the presenters gave a survey of shamanic practices in various societies and the roles of men who love men as practitioners and gatekeepers in those societies and that was very informative and that really set the theme for the weekend uh, our brother Tommy Starchild did an amazing workshop on uh, confronting personal demons, and he was coming more from an Anderson Ferry perspective, uh, but as a as a tool for reintegrating um, aspects of the self, as a tool for confronting the self and confronting deep issues, uh, I thought it was incredibly powerful. For me, it was one of the highlights of that weekend. When you said uh, that the theme had come out of some materials that had uh, come forward, 
what do you mean? Was there like an article or was it some working that one of the oh boy some yeah there was the brothers had yeah shame on me I can't remember the name of the writer but there was an article going around at that time uh, about the function of of men who love men as spiritual gatekeepers and I think it was I um. I think the author was um, uh, African, but I could be wrong. And I apologize for not being better prepared and not doing my homework. Um, And I also apologize for not being able to remember because two years ago, I would have been able to rattle all this off the top of my head. (laughs) But if I find a link (laughs) to the article, I'll I'll post it to um, Walking the Unnamed Path group. Um, online for people who are curious. Um, but it was uh, the writer of the article was a practitioner of uh, an indigenous, um, or he was trained in an in indigenous spiritual system. And I think it's one uh, uh, rooted in um, Africa. And in uh, the article, art, art, it's a scholarly article and talking about the, the touching on the role of, of men who love men and, and, you know, that's really the premise of a name path um, when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, then the, the, the radical fairies and, and, and Harry Hayes started developing their uh, approach to understanding uh, queerness. Um, you know, b- b- books like, uh, you know, Andrew Raymer's Two Flutes Playing, you know, uh, continued that, that uh, line of inquiry into um, who are we, you know, in, 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 in this current interim of, of civilization, we tend to be, you know, scapegoats and, and outsiders, but, but that has not always been the case. And what is our, what is our natural function? And so th- those answers are coming forward, I, I think, on, on many fronts. So that was very much the theme of the last Stone and Stang. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, you um. What were you going to say? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, wasn't, you see, I, I unfortunately have not attended uh, Stern Stein yet, but I remember a lot of the brothers afterwards talking about uh, something, it was a, well, it might have been a workshop or something that just happened outside the workshop, but it was led by our, our brother Kai, or Chiron, and it was like a, a dancing with the ancestors type thing? Um, well, I don't think Kai was at Stone and Stang 2016. So maybe that was Stone and Stang 2014, which I did not attend. Hmm. So, yeah, um, you could be right. It, like I said, it, it's been a while. And with it being, you know, every other year, I may have gotten that mixed up. Yeah, it was funny. I had a conversation with someone who was talking about, oh, at the last Stone and Stang, this and that happened. And he's talking about all this stuff that I had no idea, I'd never heard of, you know, in in workshops and activities that I didn't know anything about. I said, no, that wasn't the last Stone and Stang. You must be talking about 2014 or or prior to, um, because I was at 2016 and none of that um, was there. So it was just a funny, you know. 
goodness knows as I get older, my memory isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I have to write everything down. Um, so um, the theme for this Stone and Stang 2018 is silence and renewal. And mm-hmm. uh, the mission statement is in these times of chaos and strife, we return to the cauldron of the goddess to incubate new wisdom and understanding within. Practices of silence create space for our spiritual gifts as men who love men. We come together to connect with each other, the land, ancestors, spirits of nature, and the gods. So that's our vision for uh, this year's Stone and Stang. And um, it was very collaborative. Um, We kind of were having uh, uh, brainstorming and sending messages back and forth with ideas for the theme. And and within our little zeitgeist, what what seemed to emerge was uh, the the gifts of of the dark goddess. And in, in our tradition, that means particularly the darkness, the power of darkness, um, the power of silence, the power of potential. Uh, she's the um, the darkness before the dawn, uh, the state of chaos prior to the Big Bang, prior to the birth of the universe. So uh, in her darkness, in her silence, is great power because within that silence, within that darkness, is the potential for all things. Every opportunity is there uh, to be chosen. And I think it's fair to say that these are are, uh, distressful times. Uh, And I'm not talking about us as, as men who love men. I'm talking about everyone not only in the United States but everyone in the world right now. We're, we're walking around doing our best to um, carry on, life is normal, keep the bills paid, keep adulting. And yet we're faced with things that we really don't know what to deal with, you know, things that are what's going on politically um, in the United States and, and even the world at large and the power structure's inability to uh, even accept the reality of climate change, to even accept the the plain reality of, of, of you know what's going on in our biosphere, uh, what's going on with the endangered species, and um, you know there's we're naturally frightened, we're naturally antagonized. I think all of us feel backed into a corner. I think all of us are also feeling uh, hypersensitive, and I think it's very easy for us to. Uh, in our frustration to make the mistake of scapegoating one another, of being intolerant of, of and unforgiving towards people who really are on our sides and really are our friends and family. And uh, I think a lot of us are, are, are rightfully angry and, and, and frightened and, oh boy, it's a lot of heavy shadow work to process that. And especially when you're living in a society that's encouraging you to just bury that, just bury those feelings 
you know, you're angry. Okay, well, you need a pill to calm you down. Oh, you're depressed. You need a pill to cheer you up. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't take the medication they're prescribed. People should definitely use good judgment. But, um, you know, it's important that we do the the shadow work. And maybe that's what's on my mind because in, in my class with my students right now, we're in the middle of the shadow work portion of the class. And I'm doing it along with them. Um, I'm not better than anybody else. I really don't know much more than anybody else. And um, I'm going through it too. And it's uh, humbling um, and empowering to, to recognize you know, where we're being triggered, what's bothering me. Oh, gee, you know, I'm kind of on edge because of, you know, what's going on in, in, in uh, you know, Washington, because there's, there's this terrible, terrible uncertainty. Um, you know, why, you know, a certain case can be made for, you know, horrible ills like, you know, white supremacy and, 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 and homophobia seem to be, seem to be getting worse, whether it be just the poison that, uh, is, is, is being revealed that was always there or not, it's, it's still very much in our faces and it's a lot to, to process. So we wanted to create a, an opportunity for healing and an opportunity for our brothers to be empowered. How do we go mm-hmm. out in the world and navigate this chaos? And um, I think in our meditations and in our tuning in with the ancestors, the message that we got was that um, there's power in the stillness. There's power in the negative space, in the darkness, in the silence. And uh, it's the dark goddess who offers us its death that offers us the opportunity for rebirth and renewal. Uh, she rules the, the cauldron of fate. It's also the cauldron of transformation. So, um, there will be um, activities um, that will be drawing on the symbolism of the cauldron, the cauldron of renewal, that will be drawing upon the uh, powers that darkness and silence represent. And uh, I think I saw, uh, and I'm very intrigued by this, um, uh, a possibility of a, a workshop on, on group shadow work which I think is kind of fascinating, oh. you know, not just, yeah. So not just, yeah, I have my shadow and I have to deal with my shadow self, but when you have a group of people and, and whenever you have a group of people, you kind of get a collect soul, a collective spirit, a collective energy. Um, or maybe it's just simply the collective psyche the psychological blend of those different personalities. But what happens when, um, when we don't effectively address then, you know, there's this collective identity that develops in a group, whether it be a family or group people working together in the workplace or uh, members of a rock band or um, initiates of a spiritual tradition working together on a project. Um, what, how do we deal with the collective shadow of that group and uh, some of the, things to look out for and ideas and strategies around that possibility. Um, because I group dynamics are fascinating to me. And I think mainly because I'm very much a loner and doing things as a part of group is kind of new to me. Uh, so I kind of take an analytical outsider approach and 
I, I instinctively uh, model, uh, you know, personal, uh, you know, okay, what we can apply to an individual's uh, psyche. How can we apply some of those ideas and framework and theories to collective minds of people, uh, groups? So it's, uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued uh, about that. And I think that's uh, beyond Stone and Singh. I think that's a fascinating area of exploration um, for healers. You know, we're not just here to help uh, create space for physical healing and, and personal psychological healing, but what about the healing of groups? What about the healing of um, you know, organizations and families that have uh, are, have faced a trauma and how can we help provide space where they can heal from that trauma and become a stronger group, a stronger family, a stronger tribe? Well, I definitely want to find out. I look forward to hearing about how that exercise uh, works out because my initial reaction to when you say doing some group shadow work is like, I'm going to be over here hiding <laughs> while y'all work on that. <laughs> but, but, you know, because in my head, like, this, this is going to be either really good or really bad. But I'm yeah, hoping we don't good. want it to get messy. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, it's, there's, um, our uh, agenda has not been finalized yet, and we've received wonderful submissions for workshops. And I do want to let our listeners know that we have extended the deadline for workshop submissions, workshop ideas. So if there's something, if you're interested in coming and there's something that you want to share, please let us know. Go to stoneandstang.com, S T O N E A N D. Uh, com, and uh, submit your ideas for workshops. Um, we'd like to keep it within the theme of silence and renewal. We'd like mm-hmm. to keep it within the theme of the gifts of the dark goddess and the, the gifts of that, you know, the, the dark womb of the cosmos. Um, but it, it, there's space for all kinds of um, talks and and workshops that are gonna uh, in gonna be in line with with empowering spiritually queer men. So uh, definitely come along. I mean the 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 group shadow work was just one of many many um, ideas and submissions that we've received so far. Um, so I, I for one am. am very excited and and I don't want to give too much away. Um, Also uh, feel free to register. (laughs) Um, Same place, same time, stoneandstang.com. There are uh, basically three levels. Uh, You can rent a campsite, which means you'd be bringing your own tent uh, and supplies and um, uh, prices are all on stoneandstang.com. Uh, for a little bit more money, you can rent uh, one of the existing tents or yurts that are on the property. Um, and then for a little bit more than that, you can stay in, in the house. There's a bunkhouse lodging uh, in the main house. And uh, so uh, this year, the uh, 
cost of registration not only gives you access to the workshops, but it includes the food. And uh, I believe that there are going to be vegan options available. So uh, don't be shy about coming. Just let us know what your dietary restrictions are. And, you know, we'll do our best to accommodate. And um, from what I understand, uh, registrants aren't going to have to do any cooking or cleaning this time around. Uh, we've got that uh, some support um, baked into the registration. So if all goes according to plan, registrants will really be able to just focus on the activities and the fellowship and enjoying this beautiful, beautiful land where we'll be at. Um, and, uh, you know, there will be delicious food provided. So, um, it's a beautiful location. Uh, it, go ahead. I was just about to say, what was the location? (laughs) (laughs) So it's in Ben Lomond, California, which is the Santa Cruz area. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, for those who have to fly in, the probably the most convenient airport to fly in would be San Jose. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but the space is, uh, it's Ben Lomond, California. It's a property in the Redwoods. It is beautiful. It is magical. Um, there is a main house. So um, we're not exactly roughing it. There's bathing facilities provided. Um, Most of the meals will be taken in the main house. Um, It's in uh, October, so the weather is going to be beautiful, October 5th to October 8th. Um, And we call it a spiritual retreat for pagan men who love men, but I, I really feel that it's important to say that we are very inclusive. You don't have to be pagan. Uh, to be a part of Stone and Stang. Maybe, uh, maybe you're an atheist or maybe you're coming from an evangelical background, but you um, are wanting to look at other ideas and you're looking for a spiritual modality that affirms your value as a man who loves men. Um, as long as you're open-minded, please come. And I think even some people who consider themselves agnostic or atheist are interested in these kinds of activities, but they also feel like they may not fit in. I'm an extremely spiritual person. I'm a man of very deep faith. Some of my best friends are atheists. I feel that uh, skeptical people are essential, have an essential place in, in society. And, some of the people I know who are agnostic slash atheists are, are also some of the deeply spiritual um, in a very down-to-earth way without all the bells and whistles. So you're, you know, if, if you're not sure if you believe in anything, um, you are welcome to come. If you're a queer man and you're curious about new spiritual ideas and you're open-minded um, and you want to get a sense of, of – uh, what healing you can experience and be a part of as a, as a man who loves men, come on out to Stone and Stang. Um, also, although it's hosted and organized by uh, Brothers of the Unnamed Path, we so embrace all uh, spiritual, spiritual systems that affirm queer identity. Um, we have uh, 
we're very close to people in the Anderson Ferry community. We're very close to people in um, theosophy. Uh, so uh, again, you know, if as long as you're tolerant and accepting of uh, an earth-based shamanistic spirituality, um, come on out. I, you're going to have an amazing time. You're going to make lifelong friends. Um, and you're going to come away transformed. Uh, I also want to throw out there that it's for men who love men. It's for queer men. But again, I think it's important to stress um, our inclusiveness. Uh, for us men who loves men, that includes bisexual men. Or, you know, I know there are men out there who uh, don't identify as, as, as gay or as homosexual or as necessarily queer, but they vibrate with that love. They form, you know, they identify as men and they form loving relationships with other men. And sometimes it's not necessarily sexual or the sexual element is on the back burner. But if you feel that connection, if you feel that calling to the work that we're doing, um, there's a place for you. Um, we embrace the beauty and sexiness of all different body types. And to me, that's, you know, one of the great things about the last stone and staying is that we're all different ages, all different sizes, uh, all different forms of hotness. And, um, you know, for, for the most part, most of our activities are PG but um, it's an atmosphere that we want everyone to feel accepted and everyone to feel confident in their own spiritual power. And that includes their sexual power. Um, you know, of course we have you know, basic ground rules about consent and um, being respectful of one another's boundaries. Um, and, and at the same time, I think that goes hand in hand with also honoring yourself and, and honoring and, 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 you know, everyone's, everyone's beauty and, and really, really coming together as a tribe and putting aside a lot of the negative programming um, that we get from the media and advertising uh, and, and all of that, the constant barrage of negative programming that can make us feel like we're not enough. So saying is a place to leave all of that behind because we're, it's all about creating new patterns of thought and new patterns of being that are healthy and that foster uh, healing and, and healthy relationships with the self and healthy relationships with others. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy that you included the part about, you know, basic consent because uh, that is a hot topic issue in the, Pagan community right now, and just being responsible of everyone's boundaries. Yeah, one thing that everyone's boundaries. Yeah, and a lot of it's it's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a conversation that's being had more often now, and it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, and it's it's a sensitive issue because I think because everyone has different boundaries. So the kind of touching and interaction that I feel comfortable with is not necessarily the same as, as what you're comfortable with. Um, and so what might be very important boundaries to you, I might feel like, well, I, hey, wait a minute, I want that kind of attention. Um, 
So how do we learn to communicate in a healthy way? Um, and in also a, you know, a fun way, uh, how, how do, how do we, you know, express ourselves and, and, and create more transparency around uh, what's okay and what's not okay. But one thing that impressed me with Stone and Stang was, and I'm, I'm a latecomer, you know, I, I'm, this is, will only be my second one. I was that the last one? And I really liked, you know, the ground rules uh, because it, you know, we get this written form that you have to sign agreeing to, it's really common sense, but it does stress um, consent and respect for other people's boundaries. And I thought that that was really, really healthy. Um, and I'm glad to see that there's more conversations around that now. Mm-hmm. And see, I wanted to ask one other thing. So an- another, you know, kind of hot topic issue with, you know, pagan gatherings and whatnot is our is whether or not the space or the event is going to be uh, trans friendly or friendly uh, accepting of our transgendered uh, brothers or women's vessels uh, sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, and that, that's another important. I'm glad you brought that up uh, because it is important to talk about. Um, Unnamed Path is committed to um, acceptance, uh, particularly acceptance of queer folks. And as a part of the umbrella of queerness are, is the uh, transgender um, individuals. And so um, uh, hey, my Matt, understanding so, what's right. Yeah. I don't mean to... I don't mean to interrupt you, but you're kind of uh, echoing a little bit. Okay. Like there was a reverb every time you talked. Okay. Is this a little better? It's a little better. There's still a little bit of a reverb, but it's not as bad. Okay. I'll I'll pray to the... I'll put a lot better. I don't know what you did. So, trans men are welcome. Uh, if if you identify as a man who loves men, um, you're welcome. We're we're not going to. There's there's not a, a there's not a genital check, um, and you know we. I think it's important to to let it be known that you know trans men are, are are certainly welcome. You know, when we say men who love men, that's inclusive of trans men who love men. Um, and w- there's also space for um, people who you know are unsure. There 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 are people who have come through um, and in being involved in in uh, spirituality for men who love men. Um, who've had that experience and then gone on to feel, you know, and gone on to um, choose to uh, embrace their, their womanhood. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's certainly not our place to draw hard and fast rules. Um, I would say in general, um, in general, 
uh, a woman or a strictly heterosexual man um, probably isn't going to get what they need out of a stone experience. Um, it's probably not going to be up your alley. Um, so it's not that we don't love you. It's not that we don't know that you have tremendous and important gifts. Um, but we're creating space for people who are uh, wounded because of the uh, negative programming that's baked into our civilization around queerness. Um, each of us bear the scars of that. And um, we are spiritually powerful, but we live in a society for the past few hundred years has been basically telling us that we're evil. And so uh, organizations like Unnamed Path and events such as Stone and Stang are a place for us to come together and work on fixing that. Um, so what is not allowed at Stone and Stang is that kind of poison. Uh, so, but it's, uh, obviously, you know, very inclusive event and I'm really excited about our keynote speaker. We, um, will have Andrew Raymer there. Andrew Raymer is the author of Two Flutes Playing and Two Flutes Playing is an inspired book, um, uh, part poetry, Part Mythopoeia, uh, I think it's indicated that much of the book was channeled. Um, but basically, uh, Two Flutes Playing um, provides a, uh, a sacred story, a sacred origin, a mythology for men who love men. And the idea is that uh, in very, very ancient times, millennia ago, uh, into the last glaciation, in the height of the, the ice age, um, it was natural and normal for the queer men, the men who love men, to function as uh, spiritual leaders and teachers in uh, the various tribes, and that they formed a special uh, group that would interact and communicate across tribes and across great differences, sort of a... a uh, a special fraternity of spiritual healers and uh, sages um, and who provided functions that were essential to the survival of humanity at that time. And that now um, fast forward to modern times where uh, calamities such as AIDS have um, had the effect of, of also raising awareness about our presence in society. And as we are finding our voice once again in a society that, that in recent history has sought to erase us, um, these ancestors from long ago um, are there to help us uh, to heal and to help us find our place in society as it is today. So, uh, the story is that uh, Hyperion read Two Flutes Playing, and he was so inspired that he started doing shamanic journeys to meet these ancestors. He met them, started interacting with them, and they uh, worked with him on creating the Unnamed Path material. So that's our, our origin story. So Andrew Raymer is going to be there. And um, 
I mean, would it be too much for me to read his bio? Because I'm, I'm on his website, and I just think it's really beautiful. No, I don't think it's too much at all. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and for anyone who's curious, uh, you can find this at andrewramer.com, A-N-D-R-E-W-R-A-M-E-R.com. And that's how you find uh, his website, but the website is actually called House of Words, the work of Andrew Raymer. And uh, his bio reads, Magid Andrew Raymer, and it's told in first person, I was born in Elmhurst, New York in 1951, across the street from an amusement park called Fairyland. Three days before my 65th birthday, I moved to Oakland, California, where I now live up the street from an amusement park called Fairyland. I had my first spiritual experience, age five, under a bank of honeysuckle blossoms beneath a huge pin oak and a horse chestnut in Rockville Center, New York, and I've lived longer than anywhere else so far in Brooklyn. I know that there isn't really a book, a brook in Brooklyn, but even though I was born in a fire sign, I'm a water lover. My new fairyland sits by a lake, and my house is filled with beach rocks, some of which I gathered in boyhood. Place, names, and elements have shaped me, and so did my family, a wild clan of talkers, readers, storytellers, and prolific fabricators who shared their love of words with me. Although I was read to every night, drawing and painting were my first loves, until third grade when my teacher recited Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Bells, to us. Shaken to the core, enthralled by the way that Poe made music with words, I went home to write my very first poem, and I've been writing very since. Some people travel. My journey has taken me through fairy tales, mythology, archaeology, books on slavery, Native American spirituality, Russian novels, Brecht, all of Jane Austen, Doris Lessing's Canopus books, Jane Roberts' Seth books, and Nachman of Bretzlov stories. My favorite writers are Wolf, Colette, Proust, and Kawabauta. My favorite stories, Gogol's The Nose, and Peretz's Bronzschweig. Hindu, Buddhist, Taoist, and Sufi texts have fed me, along with the Jewish stories I heard growing up, the Jewish books I've devoured, and the gay stories I had to intuit until they started to be told around me. You will find in my writing a range of voices, some my own and some received, a term I prefer to channeled. My styles vary. I write very long novels and very short stories. My published work includes books on angels and stories in gay erotic anthologies. Years ago, I decided that I would write a book in every genre, Cookbook and murder mystery still lie somewhere in my future. And, amazingly, my unpublished work includes 35 finished and several unfinished books that live in ream boxes, in a cabinet in my kitchen, and in tidy files in my computer. In 2012, I was ordained a Magid, a sacred storyteller, in two ripples. First, by a Reconstructionist rabbi and a Mennonite pastor, making me, to the best of my knowledge, the first interfaith Magid. And then again by a reform rabbi in the center of my San Francisco community. When I told my family about it, they all said some version of, 
So now it's official. Words enthrall me. On the back of a cereal box, in a conversation overheard on the bus, or sitting in a cafe drinking rooibos tea. Stacks of books around my desk, my bed. The single most sustained act of my life has been keeping a journal, which I began in 1971. I write with a fountain pen, not daily, but often, and am now in volume 141. And while I reside in a sunny apartment in the land of oaks, my true home is a house of words, words the luminous bridge between matter and spirit. So I just found, (laughs) yeah, I found that incredibly inspiring. I'm a little sad, but well, no, I'm you know, I'm very sad. I'm not going to be there to meet Andrew Reamer at Thursday. Uh, but didn't you say weren't we going to try to get him on the show at some point? Yes, yeah, that is uh, is my hope that we'll be able to sometime between now and Stone and Stang. Um, you know, depending on people's schedules, it may have to happen afterwards. But <clears throat> ideally, between now and then. I'd love to have him on and, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll of course hear him speak at Stone and Sting, but I really want to share the experience with the rest of our listeners and, and hear him speak for himself. I mean, I, I think his, mm-hmm. his bio is, is beautiful poetry and, and I get it. I loved two flutes playing. I totally grokked his way of, uh, of, of receiving and conveying uh, wisdom. Um, to me, I don't really look at it as history. I look at it as a sacred storytelling, as a blending of, of history and, and, and myth. That's uh, the purpose of which is really to inspire us um, and, and to kindle within us that vision uh, of what could be and kindle within us that um, commitment, that fire to manifesting that <clears throat> for ourselves and for our descendants. So, yeah, so hopefully we will have him on soon. And that's going to be a really good time. So all that being said, um, it's about 10 of. Do you want to play us out with a song? Well, I'm not sure if Michael's still there or if I have a bad connection, which is very possible, especially with so many planets retrograde. Um, oh, wait, there you oh, are. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. okay. I was ready to say something, and I apparently put myself on mute, which I'm like, wait, oh, okay. let me check. Because <laughs> that, that happened, what was it, last Wednesday. I didn't realize I put myself on mute, and I was... Uh, it was this. It was the. It was. Um, it was my other. 
another show, um, All Act of Love and Pleasure, we were interviewing uh, Colin Bedell, who is a uh, who has a website, uh, Queer Cosmos. He's an astrologer uh, who writes for Cosmopolitan and a few other places. He's so much fun to talk with. And his accent, oh my God, amazing. But yeah, I had put oh, myself wow. on mute for the first like, five minutes of the show and didn't realize it. And I'm talking and I started playing a song and I was like, oh, they can hear me <laughs> when I was talking earlier. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, no I, and you know, that, that little blip of time gave me a chance to remember what it was I wanted to say. Um, our next episode coming up is going to be, and you know, I had the date just pulled up on my phone is going to be August 26th, and we're going to have Fabulous Lee Harrington on. We'll get some stuff out about Lee in the next couple of weeks. Wonderful. Our show after that, we actually won't be back after our show with Lee. We won't be back until September 23rd, because from, what is it, September... I mean, I feel like I'm going to get these dates wrong. I believe it's September 4th through the 10th. Um, Penguin Tonight Radio Network is hosting the Worldwide Wicca Summit. So there will not be any regularly scheduled broadcast during that week. So that includes one of our show dates, which would have been September 9th, which I think is also, yep, the, well, it's right before our anniversary for walking the unknown path. So it will be two Oh, wow. Yeah. Has it been that long? <laughs> <laughs> well, Time flies. Yeah, we're, 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 we're slowly creeping up on the amount of episodes that Hyperion had on the original podcast, which, oh, gosh, how many was it? I think he... When the last episode aired, it was like close to 70, and this is episode 46. So, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. Do you have any last minute words about certain thing or anything you have going I, coming up? Yeah, I, 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 uh, all I want to say is, um, if you're on the fence, just go register. Uh, go to stoneandstang.com. Uh, if you're looking for more information, uh, go to stoneandstang.com. Check it out. Look at the prices. Look at the different options. And uh, if you or someone you know um, has something to offer, um, presentation-wise, workshops, uh, uh, ideas for activities, seminars, go ahead and submit. We still um, we have a lot of great things on the table. Um, but we uh, are still uh, considering more items, so feel free um, to just let us know. And if there's something that you'd like to see, if you have suggestions um, or questions, uh, look, you know, look for me directly on social media. Um, I'm very responsive, uh, glad to help. Um, also, uh, the unnamed path uh, in general, the initiates and fans, you know, fans of the, the tradition are, are easy to find uh, on our, our Facebook um, group. And uh, definitely reach out because we're, 
we're offering this healing for you. And so we, I'm a firm believer that the communication should be, should be two way. We relish your feedback because that fuels us and inspires us and gives us what we need to really uh, do the best job that we can. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, and you know, I do have a song that plays out too. If I can get back to that tab. So we're going to play out to SJ Tucker, Burn Me Out. It's been so great talking with you, Matthew. You know, and I yeah. look forward to our next episode when we get a chance to interview Lee. Because Lee interviewed us yes, a while back. Been great. So that's that, yeah. our turn to flip the table. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. Well, everyone, we hope you have a blessed, we hope you have a great weekend, and we hope you have a great week to come, or a great two weeks until we see you again. And this is S.J. Tucker, Burn Me Out.
Tonight, Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 